0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Take me to the book of Genesis, chapter 26. Genesis 26. Amen. Genesis 26, as you're turning there, I just want to say how much I appreciate uh, Troy. Um, Last Saturday night, Troy and I went to speak to the uh, San Diego Chargers when they came into town to uh, play the Raiders. And uh, I had Troy come in with me, and Troy sang, did a little worship song. Watch that guy operate to see the reactions of these players, see Troy get in there and just release heaven was, sometimes I forget how blessed we are uh, to have someone like him open up the heavens every Sunday morning to worship, and come on, just let Troy know you appreciate him, amen. We've been speaking on more, everyone say more. More. This this message is probably so foundational for me, It, it really that it, it, uh, it centers me. That this story really gets me to recognize what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for. In Genesis 26, we read the story of, of Isaac. Isaac is the, uh, the son of Abraham, the son of promise. He's the one that Abraham's been praying for. The one that God said that through your descendants... I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. He was the son of promise. Now, Abraham, his father, dies, and Isaac has started his own family, and something happens. Look at this in verse 1 of chapter 26 of Genesis. Now, there was a famine in the land. Everyone say famine. Now, what, what's a famine? Starving. Starving. Um, it, for, for us in, in this day, we don't know famine really. We go through recessions. In America, we've experienced recessions. We've experienced financial crisis, depressions. We've gone through those kind of things, but we've never, we don't understand really famine because there's so much food around us, but we're talking recession. We're talking financial uh, depression. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the famine of his In Abraham's time so his father went through a famine now Isaac's going through a famine and Isaac went to Abimelech the king of the Philistines in Gerar and the Lord appeared to Isaac and said this listen do not go down to Egypt live in the land where I tell you to live stay everyone say stay in this land for a while I will be with you and I will what I will bless you and so For you and your descendants, I will give these lands. And someone needs to grab a hold of this right now. I'm not just reading a word. I'm releasing a prophetic destiny over your life right now. He says, I will give these lands and I will confirm an oath that I swore to your father, Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the skies and give them all these lands. And through your offspring, someone say offspring. Offspring. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. If that's for you, someone say amen. Amen. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, look at your neighbor and tell him, I got a promise. Now, I want you to understand, famines in life can be, you can go through famines that aren't always economic. They could be a relationship famine. It could be a spiritual famine. It could be a... uh, you know, like we said, a relational famine where you just you're going through a tough time, making connections, making friends. Uh, we go through health famines where our bodies are sick. There's different kinds of famines that we go through. There's diff- not every famine is a financial one, but there's a famine that he's going through, and his father went through a famine as well. And God told Abraham to go to Egypt in order to find relief from that famine. And now you find Isaac going through the exact same situation that his dad went through. And so it just makes sense to Isaac, I'm going to do what daddy did. Listen, your kids will not do what you say. They're going to do what you do. Many times our words and our deeds don't match up. And so as parents, we got to make sure that the words we speak match the deeds that we. So Isaac is getting ready to do what his father does. And all of a sudden, God speaks to him. I, 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 I got to tell you something. Famines are a part of life. We're all going to go through a famine. You're going to go through a time of, 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 of struggle. You're going to go through these times. But what I love about this is that God still speaks to us in times of famine. Because when, when there's enough around, we, our prayer life usually isn't as strong. Sometimes it takes the crisis, the storm, in order us for, for us to call on God. When everything's great, sometimes we forget God. And sometimes it takes a famine to remember him. And now when this famine comes, God tells Isaac, Isaac, don't go anywhere. Don't do what your daddy did. Stay here. Everyone say, stay He tells him to stay there and says, Isaac, trust me. I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to give you a strategy to make it right here. You don't have to leave the Bay Area. You don't have to leave your surroundings. I'm going to bless you right where you are. I'm about to do something in your life that even you wouldn't understand or recognize. Now, I need you to understand that the favor of God does not exempt you from famines in life. Just because God loves you doesn't mean you're not going to go through a tough time. I just got done reading through the book of Job in my my journaling just recently, and I realized something. God favored Job. God loved Job. God bragged on Job. Do not judge your current situation and say that my relationship with God is based on where I'm at right now. Because if Job had judged his condition based on his relationship, it's easy to look and think that he had no relationship with God. But at the end, God tells him, hey, pray for your friends. In other words, forgive them. And it was that what was the door that opened him up to getting double back in return so the, you know what it's god wants to some of you have gone through the job experience already but you haven't forgiven those that put you down while you were in that process and so as a result you haven't received double for your trouble you're just you're still struggling through it forgiveness opens the gateway to blessing in your life now now that was for free okay that's not in my notes i just wanted but i want you to understand it but Fam- favor doesn't protect you from famine. You're gonna go through a famine at times in your life, but it will protect you from the effects of that famine. So Isaac obeys. What look? Look what verse six of G- of uh, G- Genesis twenty six says. It says, "So Isaac stayed in Gerar." He he stayed. It went against his better judgment. Now, for those of you that are financial managers and and, and people that know about the, the market and things like that. When you see things starting to go down, what's the first thing we want to do? Sell. Get out. Get out of that investment. Be careful. But I want you to understand, it went against his better judgment to stay in a place where things weren't growing, where there was famine, where there was no water, everything was falling apart. But I need you to understand, God has not called you to victory. God's called you to obedience. Jeff Bridges said that in, in his, his, uh, his book on, on um, celebration of discipline. But I need you to understand, as Christians, we're always trying to get victory. God's already won the victory. Obedience is what God's called us to. And if we could obey, obedience opens up the door to victory in your life. But we don't want to obey. We want to win. But you have to obey first and so he obeys God and look what happens in verse 12. I love this. Stay with me because I'm going somewhere like a like a lawyer this morning. I'm building a case. Okay, so stay with me on this. Look at verse 12 and 13. Isaac planted crops. Everyone say planted. Planted. Now notice this. He never before do we even see Isaac dropping a seed in the ground. He's not a farmer. His dad was a a sheep herder. He was a sheep herder. His brother and his family, Joseph and all them, become sheep herders as well. And so you find him doing something that's not necessarily his job. But he stays where God tells him to stay. There's a famine, which usually means no water. Nothing's growing. And so he does something that makes no sense. He plants in the land. He sows in a land the same year he reaps what? Come on, somebody. Come, let, let me tell you something. If you had an investment that was going to pay me back a hundredfold in less than a year, how many would invest in that? Amen. Come on. I, I'm, I'm telling you, see, we get excited when you, sit, when you sit down with me and tell me, look at this, this is guaranteeing you 7%. Woo! <laughs> this can bring you back 7% return. Yeah hundred percent in one year he's not even a farmer but 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 look what happens because he stays and because the lord blessed him verse 13 the man became everyone say rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy i need you this makes no sense to me this is the middle of famine he plants in the place where people are going hungry nothing's growing he stays, he plants, and in one year, he gets 100% back. And then the Bible says he gets rich, wealthy, and extremely wealthy. Talk about promotion. Some of us would settle with rich. Some would settle for wealth. But then there's Ridiculously filthy wealthy. He's at a whole nother level. And so, He's growing. He plants. He sows. And that word "sow" in the in the Hebrew is zera. Zera means to sow. It means to plant or conceive. I need you to understand. Some of you are not getting a harvest because you haven't conceived anything. You have no dreams to plant. You haven't sown anything into the ground. You can't get mad at the soil if you haven't planted a seed. You're walking out to your backyard, you're walking out to the, to the land and there's nothing to, to harvest. You can't get mad if you haven't put anything in the ground. And many of you this past year, you haven't sown anything. You haven't sown into your marriage, you haven't sown into your children, you haven't sown into your business, you haven't sown into your body or into your relationships and you're wondering why there's no harvest If you don't like what you are reaping, you got to change the seed that you're sowing. And if you're not reaping anything, it's time to plant. The pastor doesn't make any sense. It's a famine. In famine, you need the seed to eat. And therein lies, that's why the word of God says that those that sow in tears. Because if you've ever been to a place where where, where it's an agricultural society, where it only happens once a year, where that harvest comes in, inevitably, they tell the story in Africa where you find these, these little huts where the people will plant their seed, and after they plant their seed, they get the harvest, and they eat of that harvest, but they always will take some of the seed, Juan, and they'll put it away in the hut for next year's for next year's seeding next year's planning and so as the days go on after harvest you get two meals a day as harvest passes on you get one meal a day as you start getting closer to the And right before the sowing season again, they're down to maybe a half a meal a day. And inevitably, a little boy will run or a little girl will run and walk into that shed, see a bag of grain there, and run back to mom and dad and say, Mom and dad, I found, you're going to be so excited. I found seed. I found grain. We can eat today. We can all go to sleep with our bellies filled. But inevitably, the father will look back and say, Son, we can't do that. You see, that's the seed for next year's harvest. If we eat it, we're not going to have anything to plant. So we, kid doesn't understand as his father, as his stomach's growling, as throwing seed in the dirt while he's hungry and he's planting what he should be eating. Many times in our lives it just doesn't make sense to sow financially to sow forgiveness to sow encouragement to someone else while you're starving for it but you you sow in order to reap And it takes time. Everyone say time. He, you got to trust the process. See, one of these Sundays I'm going to preach on God, the God of cycles, that, that we serve a God of cycles, that God is a God. Everything, the moment God said, let there be light, everything started spinning from, from the earth to the universe to everything started spinning. Everything has cycles. The Earth has cycles. The, we, we have a cycle when the Earth goes around the the, glow, the, the the sun one time. That's one year. When it spins around one time, it's one day. So we 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 have women have cycles. It's proof that they can have children, right? Uh, the, we, we have cycles where the rain comes down to the earth, hits the, the, the rivers, and then to the ocean. Evaporation brings it back, or condensation brings it back into the clouds, and then the clouds begin to drop it down. There's a cycle. Seeds have cycles. The plant grows, seed hits the ground, it grows, it produces a fruit. The fruit inside has a seed, and there's a cycle. Whenever you break a cycle, things stop growing. In many of our lives, you you here, you know, me and my wife are celebrating 29 years of marriage today. Put that ring, put that ring on. Thank you. Thank you. The problem is, is that many individuals, after they they say I do, they don't anymore. Because we stop sowing into the things that got us to the point that she wanted to marry you or he wanted to marry you. That's a whole other sermon. Let me keep going, okay? <laughs> Reaping is the result of what the seed that you planted. Now, now, I want you to see this. So everyone say rich. Very rich. Very rich. Extremely, wealthy. Extremely wealthy. Now, I ain't mad at that, all right? I'm not mad at that. Literally, the word, that, that word wealthy means to become great. They became great. How many want to be great? Come on. You want to be... When the disciples argued about becoming great, Jesus didn't rebuke him. He told them how to be great. Greatness is God's idea for your life. God's the one that, and so ever increase. Now, let, let me show you what happens here. Follow me, because I'm going somewhere, all right? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm laying a foundation right now, so I'm going somewhere with this. Something happens. When we talk about rich, we're talking about not just rich having money. This was rich survival. There, there's three levels when we talk about, about finances that we all go through. We go through the level of survival it's about getting by, getting mine. I'm just trying to get by, right? How many of are in that point right now? You're just trying to get by. At the end of the month, sometimes you have more month than you have money left at the end of the month. You got more bills and you have, you have resources. And the problem is this. This is where stress comes from. Because whenever your requirements are right here in life, but your ability to take care of that thing is right here, you got this much stress in your life that you're dealing with now. But whenever you get, finances aren't going to get rid of the stress in your life because other stresses end up coming in as well. But I want you to see the first level is about survival. The second level is about success, about you getting yours, about living comfortably, about accomplishing something. But the Third level is significance. Survival, success, and significance. Significance is where you start making a difference in people's lives. That Your success isn't just for you. It's about making a difference. How do I know this? Look at verse 17 of chapter 5 of the book of Genesis. That's not Matthew. I, I, I need to change that on the... Thank you. And so take a look at the scripture. It's not Matthew. It's Genesis. He says, He had so many flocks and herds and his what? Servants. That meant that the blessing he had, he was able to hire more people in the middle of famine. So people weren't out of work while everyone else was in trouble. You had one person that was being so blessed that he was providing for other people in the middle of that famine. I want you to know that God wants to bless you to the level that when famine comes, that there is still an overflow of blessing in your life that will not only get you through the famine, but the people around you through the famine as well. Come on, somebody say amen. But, everyone say but. The Philistines envied him. See, his success provided for others, but it also opened up jealousy, envy. Listen, if you cannot handle people not liking you, do not become successful. Stay in your poverty mindset, broke, uh, tore up from the floor up kind of situation, okay? (laughs) Okay? You, you, got, you got to, if you are not okay with having people talk about you, then stay where you're at. But the Bible says that word envy means to be jealous, furious, or envious. I love this. It literally means for someone to become red in the face. There, there are some people that don't like you so much that when you become successful, they become red in the face, angry at what God's done in your life. And so look what they end up doing to him. You see, there, there's a blessing that is coming your way. And I speak this over you and your family right now. There is a blessing coming your way that's going to cause your enemies to turn red in the face. That they're going to become angry because of the blessing God sent on your life. And so what happens is they tell him to get out of here. They think they're, they're planning right next to him and nothing's growing. So they're thinking if we get rid of him, we can take his ground. So the Bible, look at verse 15. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug at the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up. Now they're in famine. Why would you put dirt in a well when you need water in a time of famine? This is what happens when you're jealous, you don't think straight. So they go and they put dirt over the holes in water that he was using. To get Isaac to move. So Isaac moves. And he goes and he digs another well. And when he digs another well, the Philistines come and say, that's our our water. That's our well. That belongs to us. And so the Bible says that he calls this well, notice this. He calls that well quarreled because there was an argument over this water. And so what's he, does he get offended? Does he fight back? He's like, you better believe it. She's shaking her head. Yeah, we're going to fight back for that. No, he, he moves on. He, so, so he moves on and he digs another well. And after he digs another well, you, you don't just find water in the desert. See, you're so anointed that God, you have the ability to find water, sustenance. When everyone else has nothing, God has given you the ability to find springs of water no matter. So he digs, he finds one. Quarrel. Okay, I'm out of here. He digs another one. And after he digs the next one, they come back and they say, that's ours too. And he calls it opposition. Listen, you're going to go through some fights. You're going to go through some opposition as you're on your way to your destiny. But can you get through the argument? Can you get through the opposition to get to your destiny? Notice what he does. He doesn't argue with them. Brother moves on. Look at verse twenty-two. You still with me? Look at this. He moved on from there and dug another well. Someone say dig another. You know, you're, it's one thing doesn't work out, dig another. Someone fighting you at one place, dig another. You know what? Because God's blessed you. They put dirt on the hole trying to keep him from being blessed. Let me tell you something. They're not the ones that are blessing you. They're not the source of the blessing. They can cover the hole, but they're not going to keep the blessings of God from your life because God's the one that's blessing you. God's the one that's encouraging you. God's the one that's building you. So they can put dirt over all the wells around your life, but God is your source, not them. So I love what he names this next one, Rahobeth, Rehoboth, saying the Lord has given us. Now, now th- this is this is what we do. We got Abraham's wells here, and they get they get stuffed up. Man, God, my dad, that was my dad's. Why why are they to take my inheritance away like that? Dig another opposition. What's going on? God, I did all this work and they're taking it away from me. You dig another. Now you got opposition. why? why don't, I'm going through quarreling. I'm going through opposition. They took my father's wells away from me. You think that God is taking things away from you. But in reality, God is, take, God is saying, you know what? Right here, you're too close. Right here, still not enough room right here still not enough room I got to take you all the way over here because what I'm about to bless you with you need room to expand you need room for the blessing that's about to come your way you're gonna need room So why why are you pulling me away from that person? Why are you pulling me away from that relationship? Because I need to give you room to grow. Because where you're at right now, you don't have the capacity, the ability to hold the things that I want to bless you with. So I got to get you away. I got to put you in a place that I can bless you and expand you. Someone say grow. So I want you to understand that God blesses him. Now, this is the key as I close this morning. We look at how is it that Isaac plants at a time of famine, gets a hundredfold return, becomes rich, wealthy, and extremely wealthy. How does he get that? Go to Genesis chapter 26. Look at verse 5 with me. Look at verse 5. You're going to see why he was blessed. Why is he blessed? Because who obeyed? You totally missed that. Who's the one that planted? Isaac did. But Abraham's the one that obeyed. He's getting a hundredfold return, becoming rich, wealthy, extremely wealthy, not because of the seeds he planted, but because of the seeds his father planted. It's because he obeyed, because of what his dad did. I'm here to tell you right now that you are doing things today that you might be blessed right now, but the seeds you plant today are going to bless not just you, but your children and your children's children and the generations that come after you. It's not about you. This is a problem. We live in a me now generation. We live in a now society. I want mine. I want me. I'm not concerned about what the next generation, but have a child. The moment you have a kid, changes everything. Have a grandson. Grandchild, it changes. Everything I have is for my daughter's. Now, last week we weren't here because we went to see my dad. They're afraid he's not going to make it much longer. So we wanted him to meet the grandbaby. My dad held him. He starts praying blessing over him. My dad leans over to me and says, remember those coins I gave you? You know those, those uh, gold coins I gave you? They're his. <laughs> what are you talking about? You gave them to me. How can you take what you gave to me, now take it back and give it to him? And that other stuff I gave you, that's going to go to him as well. As you come closer to the end of your life, it's not about what you have. You know, I've never seen anyone pull out a resume at the deathbed of someone. Look at all they accomplished. It's amazing. Look at this. Hey, check, check out his investments. He did really well. Oh, look at this award. He got this award. Well, for being at his job, never missing a day. It's not the stuff that's important. It's the people around your bed when you breathe your last that are important. Abraham obeyed the Lord. Everyone say obeyed. And worship team, if you would help me, Omaha, if you would help me, or whoever's back there, if you would help me. Hey, Omaha, good to see you, man. Just because of time, I don't have time to share this whole story. But in Genesis, it says Abraham obeyed God. You go back to Genesis chapter 14. Write that down. Read the story of Abraham. Abraham had this promise on his life. And even when him and his, his, brother, his, his uh, cousin Lot, nephew Lot were, Abraham had grown so blessed That they couldn't, the, the blessing of Abraham and Lot, they couldn't hang out together anymore because they had too much on the land. And so Abraham tells him this, listen... I know where my blessing comes from. So if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. So you choose which way you want to go. I'll go the opposite way. And so Lot chooses the area by Sodom and Gomorrah. He chooses because it looked good. The land looked good. And he goes there. Well, when he goes there, Abraham goes the other direction. And the Bible says that five kings begin to battle four kings. And the four kings defeat the five kings. And when they defeat the five kings, they also defeat Sodom and Gomorrah and they take the people into captivity. Lot was one of them. Now, Abram could have said this, oh, that's what he gets for choosing that side. Boy, it should have been smarter. But when Abraham hears it, he gets his 318, someone say 318. 318 trained servants, not warriors. Servants, hey, y'all, my nephew was taken. We're going to go get him back. Well, who are we fighting against? Four kings. Excuse me? Four nations. Why? They just defeated five kings. They defeated five kings with five armies? And with 318, we're going to take them on? You don't see that. The Bible just says that they go, 318. Abraham overtakes them, takes everything back. That's leadership. Takes everything back. And as he's coming back into the area of Sodom, the first 16 says, he recovered all the goods and brought them back to his back his relative Lot and all his possessions together with the women and all the people. Look with me in verse 18, and with this we close. Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed Abraham or Abram at the time, saying, Blessed be Abram by God's Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God the Most High who delivered your enemies into your hands. Some of you are facing some tough odds right now. But when you obey God, God will grant you the ability to take on the biggest giants of your life and still get everything back. He says that Abram obeyed God. Look what he does here. Then Abram did what? Gave him what? Now, now Moses hasn't even instituted tithing yet. Moses hasn't even wrote about tithe. Moses isn't even born yet. In fact, some say that Abraham has Levi, who is a priest, inside his loins still. And so when Abraham gives a tent to the priest, that Levi, the priest, was actually giving tithe to begin with. The ones that received tithe later on. Some, some of you, that, that was a bit too deep for some of y'all. Some of y'all are underwater right now. Just, you're, you're just totally drowning on that point. You have to do some study to really understand what where, where that, you're just, you know, one, two, you're, you're, you're going under, okay? So I'm gonna stop right there. What am I telling you? Abraham gave before it was a standard to give. He gave out of worship. and what, In those de- days, kings went out and they fought and they brought their spoils back. And they used that, they, they gave it, He gave it to the priest. All of you are kings. You're battling. What you do during the week, you go to your jobs, you're battling. And you're reclaiming things that have been lost. You're reclaiming lost hope. You're reclaiming lost destiny. You're reclaiming purpose. And we come together on Sundays. You're coming together. And you bring a tenth of what you brought in from the spoils of your battle to God to say, I trust you with my tomorrow because you gave me a great victory this week. You gave me a great victory against these things I was fighting. Abraham's obedience, it wasn't Isaac's seed. Hundredfold return. That wasn't Isaac's seed. Rich, wealthy, very wealthy. That wasn't Isaac's seed. Isaac was reaping what his father had planted. My question to you right now is, what are you planning for the next generation? We got to start thinking, every man here, every man, every man in this place, In any sexual encounter, you will release anywhere from 800 million to 1.2 billion sperm cells. The ability to populate the world in one encounter. You carry generations in you. Every one of you that's sitting here right now, you are a champion because you won the first race that you ever entered. You beat out 1.1 billion other yous. Don't tell me you're a loser. Don't tell me you can't win anything. Don't tell me you're not great because you started off a champion. You started this whole thing off. You, you beat all odds to become who you are right now. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. There's so many, so many depths of this, of this message this morning. So much depth. Isaac reaped what his father had sown. Jacob reaps what his father Isaac sowed. I want you right now just to take time to think, what, what what am I planning for the next generation? Well, Pastor, I'm not planning on having kids. Well, it's even bigger than you and your kids. It's just the next generation. What are we doing? I want you right now just to lift your hands right where you are. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.